Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc. We talk comics, movies, TV, pop culture, all the fun stuff you love to talk about, uh, that we love to talk about. I'm your host, Michael Dolce, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Hassan Godwin, Lord of the Radio. Thank you. Because <laughs> I was about to say... You know, yeah, 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 you're yeah. you're in you're in close to breach a contract, buddy. <sighs> Three weeks in a row, almost. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even have a name. I am just the Lord of the Radio. Just just uh, announce me as that. Just announce you as that. Yes. Don't use my name. Are you nuts? I've got enemies. All right. <laughs> uh, as for the last month, we've been sponsored by SPNG Speed Printing and Graphics Incorporated. www.sp-g.com. They do amazing printing work. They've printed a bunch of my books, my Kickstarter books. Uh, so go check them out, sp-g.com. And the final issue of the mainstream, uh, it's supposed to be in stores oh, today, man. but it wasn't actually in my comic shop today. So maybe next week. It was sold out. Well, That's how first, you spin it. First spin it. Was. Spin it. <laughs> I can't spin it. It wasn't, it wasn't there. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. It, it was sold out. It wasn't for sale. It was already sold out. Yeah. All right. We got a great show tonight. We are going to be talking a whole bunch of stuff. Amazing Disgrace. Can we talk Spider-Man. about how hot it is in here? <sighs> I almost wore <laughs> no pants tonight. <laughs> it's like, like I, I almost went degree. no pants. No. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't, though. I know. I actually that's literally, a I that's literally. A, that's a test of our friendship, you know, and I don't. <laughs> I honestly don't appreciate it. Wow, you don't like the locker room talk? Uh, look, man, I'm just, there's, no, only, you know, there's only so far great, you're willing great, to go for a podcast. It's a great scene in, uh, in Entourage um, when, uh, when the guy says he's, he, he walks up to um, guy, like E totally naked and, and he's like, whoa, put some pants on. He goes, all right, not a locker room guy. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, though. And I don't think the people at Serafina are locker room people either. Uh, very might, true. I would have wore. That might get you a little rebuke, wore, maybe. I would have wore pants for them. Right. Oh, you would have switched it off. All right, so keep moving. We got a great <laughs> show tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about the Spider-Man controversy uh, that erupted. It's not just a Spider-Man controversy. It's a Marvel controversy. Um, it's another Nick Spencer book. There's a controversy. Another yeah, yeah. artist kind of going above and beyond. Uh, Guardians 3, the news around that uh, after the James Gunn firing. And mm. we're going to give you our top movies, cartoons, and TV shows that we want to see rebooted and a few that we want to see debooted. Uh, like the proposed Buffy series, potentially a new Ghostbusters movie. I don't want to see any of that stuff. Uh, we're also going to well, welcome yeah, Charon. Well, we don't have to do that segment then. I know. Just gave that away. Charon Comics. Charon Comics. Charon. I'm going to figure that out. Fred Packard and Joshua Valeria. Should do all that are here. work before we go on the They're air. They're going to close out our summer spotlight. No, I'm going to ask him. That's, that's part of the fun. Yeah, but I mean, you know. All right, but we start. Amazing Disgrace, uh, an anti-Mormon slogan found in the latest issue of Amazing Spider-Man. Yes, my producer Sam Leibowitz gave me a very befuddled look. It's another controversy. This is coming from Hollywood Reporter. The Marvel superhero sports a patch for CES Letter, mm. a book described as exploring the troubled origins, history, and practices of the church in a move that echoes last year's discovery of political propaganda in the pages of an X-Men comic. Uh, which we can show you on screen right now, actually, if you'd well, like. Well, tell me about it, because I'm not seeing the screen. So well, I'm going like, to show it to you it? right now, too. Uh, that's really the sure. X-Men comic, and here's the Spidey comic. Uh, yeah, but what's the X-Men it has been thing, revealed I'm not looking at the screen? Well, I got the Spider-Man comic on anyway, so. Uh, it's a recent issue of Marvel's Amazing Spider-Man. features the hero wearing the logo of an anti-Mormon movement. On his costume. It's an anti-Mormon? Because the book is just a criticism on, on Mormonism. Before we even get into it, I just want to... 
should we so how, how a, should we parse that? It's a book described as one Latter Day Saint's honest quest to get official answers from the LDS Church on its troubling origins, history, and practices. Okay, there might not be anti Mormon, especially if he was he's from the Church of Latter Day Saints. So. You know, it's not like an ex-member. When of the you say things like it's troubling origins versus it's glorious origins, look, it tends not to, to be necessary. controversial. But if you look at history, <laughs> I, I, again, yeah. <laughs> Ryan Otley, the artist of the issue, is believed to have confirmed the reference on Reddit in a now deleted America post. America has troubling origins, describing you know? it as a little Easter egg, which actually no, and it okay. All I'm all I was trying to do was to so that we could was to say you're anti Mormon. I got you. I got you. It makes sense. I, I it totally makes sense. All I was trying to do <laughs> is is have us categorize it correctly. I, as, I agree as either properly anti Mormon or critical of Mormon. Uh, look, I agree with you too. Okay, actually. but and, you're and being a, a douche. So I, I, well, that's that's because the whole, your name is that's the whole, Dolce, that's the, right? So anyway, so let's just move on the, from that. The two don't mean. Yeah, I'm not listening to you anymore. So the bottom line, <laughs> the bottom line is that it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be in a comic book. <laughs> stuff like that, controversial stuff like that, little little barbs and Easter eggs and stuff like that of that nature. Yeah, Easter eggs like like say the the, the Van Skyver sex thing. Which was which was kind of funny, where he drew sex in every single panel of every single book. That's what um in one in one issue. Joe Casada did that years and years yeah, ago. Yeah. The second, no, no, those the are like whatever. That's kind of like second issue of um, the second issue of of Ninjak for Valiant Comics. Yeah. I was there for that, and they had a heart attack about it. They oh, had a sure. fit. It was a, yeah. it was like a big deal. So yeah, this shouldn't. But happen. that was pre-internet. <laughs> Didn't matter. It was no, big no. Enough, but that's it was actually big enough at the time. That's how I actually self-segued myself uh, into my own point on this. Uh, okay, I gonna, guess my point's done. If then. you're gonna do something like this, uh, your your point, we'll get back to it. I oh really? Gonna if you're gonna I'm do sorry, I was like in the this. middle of it, but oh, I'll, okay. I'll circle back to my own point. That's okay. I'm listening. No, you're not. No, you're not. Go ahead. No, you're not. Go ahead. I don't want to talk now. Okay. <laughs> if you're going to do something like this in the internet age where something like that probably slipped through everyone's. So, all right, I'm going to bring up the, uh, the X-Men photo and it's up on our screen right now. So if you are streaming us live. Now it's on the screen. I don't have on, the screen. I'm going to describe it. Hey, you, know, let me do my thing. Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. Um, you can actually see it up on screen right now. Um, if you're watching the video replay, if you're listening to some podcast, there was a scene in X-Men Gold last year where it was a 212 was shown in, I think it was a number of panels, but definitely one blatant panel. And what that is in reference to is actually an anti-Jewish and anti-Christian uh, Muslim group or movement of some kind. Um, so it was, it was so subtle. I mean, it was from an Indonesian artist. The, the artist was from in, in Indonesia anyway. I mean, it was like so subtle, but, but... In this era of one person figures it out and it spreads like wildfire, uh, it cost this artist's job and potentially, yeah, and potentially his, uh, his career, I, I would imagine. 212 is an area code in New York, though. That's, that's, that's what's tricky about that. Maybe it's a 212. Maybe it's something. I, I put it up there because I think that is exactly what the, 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 the thing the, was. The letter, the, the uh, what is it, E? E S A. What is it? Was the uh, oh the C E S letter? And I'll put is, that up there. Yes, that's blatant. This it, is it this is, blatant, is more. This is way more you, ambiguous. I, I, you know, I'm going to throw it out. Sam, you shook your head. You kind of knew what C E S letter was. Sam's our producer. Did you know what that was? I had no idea what that was. Did you know what that was? Not at all. But I'm saying it's it's, it's definitely blatant. It's yes. not like it means something other yes. than what it means. Yes. Two one two could 
technically, if that's what you're aiming I, at. I think that's what it was. 212 could technically mean a number of other things. Consumer electronics. Consumer electric. Yeah, I know. I know. There's so many, like. Yeah, but it. Yeah. Saying your image here, it has a whole bunch of things on Yes. Yeah, yes. but not not all of them are anti-religion. Yeah, right, you know? <laughs> right, or right. anti-particular religion. Right, he appears sporting a number of logos as the I'm result saying, of like new the corporate Apple sponsorships. Eight of the logos, some bear resemblance to existing companies, like Apple. Right, like someone like and obscuring the Apple uh, symbol to wear as a as a sponsor. Right. That's fine. That's comic books. That's right. funny. Right, you know. But you're gonna. I don't mind politics. I think sometimes certain things have to be addressed. I think some of the things that we consider to be politics mm-hmm. is actually just standard narrative um, for a lot of stories that we have, like standard moral morality tales and stuff. Most of the stories we have yeah. are morality tales, and people now are considering morality tales as like virtue signaling, like you know, as, as sure. if which is which is BS. Um, but this. This is egregious, you know. If this is this is a direct, yeah. if there is no other meaning for that symbol other than that book, and just and to specify that book, then that's that's ridiculous. Whether it's pro or against, sure, anything, sure. That's that's where the abuse of power comes from. Abuse of the medium is sure. coming, and and they're absolutely right about that. I now have, the question no is whether or not it's going to cost him his job. And I don't know if it's if the two one two if that is exactly what it is yeah if that is what it is because you I'll didn't do, do little, your research I'll again do a little research here no yeah because you didn't really you you know you're doing a bad job as usual. <laughs> that's terrible but um, if the two one two it cost that guy his job and he was a good artist yeah, looking know, at that that panel right and I mean the fact that X Men usually takes place in the real world and usually takes place in New York right or or around that so two one two could have been the area code sure. Of, of anything? It was a hidden Quranic message. So there's a specific verse. I think that's what it was. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's what that's what. I Okay, so doing. then yeah, that's... Yeah. See, again, that's egregious. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, if you want to bring awareness to something, you got to do a story about it. Yeah, so it's that 2 you and can, 2. Look at me. I did do my research. Yeah. yeah Another sign at, shows the number 2 and 2 reference. You have to December. do research as to, to find out whether you did research <laughs> or not. That, that's, that explains it all. <laughs> kid at home december 2nd 2016 <laughs> the date of a huge protest in jakarta yeah it's it's there it, yeah but again two and two is, a, is an area code if he just said it's the area code yeah he could have totally got no that's and that's where these idiots always get into trouble and, and, and that's the thing ryan you know what i'm gonna the do same thing i'm gonna tweet, I'm gonna tweet <laughs> ryan Otley did the same thing i'm gonna man. let everybody know in a tweet it's now a now deleted reddit post uh, but someone took a screenshot because it takes two seconds to take a screenshot yeah it's not a i just took a screenshot of my screen right now broadcasting this whole show there we which, go yeah which which will cost me when i'm running for office we are not condoning <laughs> uh the 212 or the cs letter that is sewn on your screen we're not right even now. we're not we don't even know what they mean so we're <laughs> we totally totally couldn't be condoning I it know, we're know. just we're not we're not condoning any messages such as that you know any right. any pro or against messages correct um like you said even if you did a story about the clan you'd have to do a story Right, you right. couldn't just have a picture of like Richard Spencer with a with a slash through it. You know, right. you can't just drop an egg and just say declare for a side. You got to do if you're going to do a story about it. If you're going to do an anti clan story or an anti, sure. you got to do a full story so that all the you know theoretically mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all the points can be can be laid out and all the all the all the metrics can be can be examined. Right. So that you even if even if it is 
does come out one-sided as though you are just coming out for your side. You did attempt to to have a leveled argument about you it. You know, here, here's the thing, too. I mean, something to that level is such a, such a minuscule thing. Um, it might be a book that the guy feels a personal attachment to Ryan Otley. It might be something that... Yeah, and he doesn't, he doesn't realize let the, me the, ask, the let controversy. Me, right. He, do, he might not realize what he did was, was actually the equivalent of like tweeting your political views mm-hmm. if you work mm-hmm. for ESPN or whatever the case is. Right. And, then you, and then you put your corporate headquarters, who is paying your paycheck, mm-hmm. in an uncomfortable position. Um, that being said, I find it funny that it's a Nick Spencer book that this kind of uh, happened under. Now, that was my theory on things. Explain why. Nick Spencer was the writer of the Nazi Captain America. Um, He's also the guy who regularly tweets political things, Mm. uh, tweets very left-wing political things, Mm -hmm. um, you know, is very blatant about it, and also uh, in his Captain America run gave a lot of his villains... Uh, direct like Trump quotes or Trumpian quotes Mm. uh, and was called out for for, for doing that. So I do think in this case, my theory, which we had talked about earlier, is that he didn't say in the dialogue, you know, in in the script, you know, put this on his on his sleeve. He probably wrote in his in his panel put a bunch of logos on it and Ryan Otley um, he might actually have the some artist sort of, himself you know, just took he might have took it upon himself to kind of do but he that. might have done that because he knew whose book he was working on and, and so he knew that might get and, a lot more play or look the writer generally sees the artwork as it comes in kind of have a feeling he knew what he was getting into maybe alright when we come back to reboot or deboot we're living in the past, and uh, we love every second of it. So we're going to give you our top choices to reboot from cartoons, TV shows, and movies when we come back. I'm looking at you, and I couldn't tell you if you're 24 or 38. How old are you? 38. How old is he, Sam? Yeah. Are you really? Yeah, I, I keep in good shape. How old do you think Hassan is? <laughs> 71. <laughs> yeah. I'm at the age where the only time I want it twice is before I had it once. (laughs) (laughs) Secrets of the Sire. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire, brought to you by SPNG Printing, sp-g.com. Professional printing made simple. Brochures, business cards, booklets, catalogs, flyers, posters, postcards, other print services are our specialty. It's simple. Go to sp-g.com. Secrets of the Sire Facebook page is lit up with a lot of folks, which is great. Um, when Sam says going hot, it's, he's, not, he's not kidding. <laughs> and you can always go there. boiling in here. Facebook.com <laughs> slash Secrets of the Sire to catch our live uh, broadcast and you can comment. We will read off some comments uh, in a second. Twitter is Michael underscore Dolce. Instagram M Dolce sixty four. Everything else is Killing slash us. Secrets of the Sire S I R with all this R-E. verbiage. Finally, brought to you by all our beloved patrons. Can we, we are dedicated just fans. Einar Peterson, Matt Byer, Ashley Haikai, Program Director My Stephanie God. Dolce, Executive Producer Steve Ovechkin, Brian Phillips, and Christina Gillard, and week. our Uber fan Christina Dolce. All right. 
Moving along. It's no coincidence that her last name is your last name. All no, I'm there's, saying. there's no All I'm saying. There. And this should, someone should look into that. We should have a special investigation. <laughs> we are having, um, we were, we were having our, our annual, not our annual, it's our, our weekly talk on <laughs> what. Yeah, it's not annual. <laughs> See what you do? <laughs> yes, it caused trouble. Don't worry, I'm, our, I'm fine. Our I weekly know. discussion on what we should talk about, right? And our weekly discussion... Your show with Darren Sanchez went way too smooth. It did, so, it yeah, did. So it you're, did. Yeah. You know, I, I could bring him back My days are now. numbered. I understand that. I'm, I I, I'm aware. <laughs> One of the things we talked about was the incessant amount of reboots that are going on, right? Yes, reboots. Reboots. They're everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like you, you can't turn around. You had to reboot your sentence like three or four times. Just I did, and you know, right. And I did, and it was, and it was much better than I did. So yes. we <laughs> yes. thought we would compile a list of... Comics, movies, TV, pop culture, we want to see rebooted. Mm. And then I wanted to go through a couple of reboots that already happened okay. and decide whether or not we should deboot them. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. So I'm going to start off my, uh, my wonderful reboot list uh, with the X-Men animated series from the 90s. I want to see the X-Men animated series from the 90s rebooted. Why? Because it was the best X-Men. Don't X-Men is barely recognizable now. Don't you have the animated series from the 90s? Yeah, but Why that's would you need a new animated <laughs> series to reboot You've just the asked the question series. of every reboot that's ever happened. I understand. Why are they have, rebooting you'd Buffy? Have, you'd have to explain exactly why you wanted to reboot it. Because you wanted specifically the 90s era. Mm-hmm. You don't want a new X-Men cartoon. So, so if I would it was say this. 90s era, they wouldn't even be, they wouldn't be co- uh, updating it to contemporary 90s time. characters, 90s characters. I want to see the 90s characters. I want to see the Gambit with the trench coat. I want to see the Jean Grey with the pockets on the shoulders. I want to see uh, Cyclops. <laughs> you, you miss those pockets? I do. You know, look, there was something to be said about Rob Liefeld and the shoulder pads and, pockets. and the pouches. Him in pockets. There were pouches, yeah, pouches everywhere. Yeah, that, Rob that, that K, had nothing in them. formerly of the Robin Kelly Show on Talk Radio NYC, is in studio with us right now, and he doesn't get it. Sam lived the 90s comic book era. He knows, he gets it. He knows the, the shoulder pad. Like, every character had pouches. And no one had feet. No one had feet. <laughs> Everyone had pouches, and it was the best time and to read every, comics. And every room you were in had like a, a mist of, of dry ice smoke <laughs> at the bottom <laughs> to obscure the feet All my comics that Rob Liefeld could not draw. All my comics had that. When I drew comics, <laughs> like, I was like, like they're in you a, could do that? They could just m- put mist? Yeah, they're in a movie theater, feet? and there's like mist that does like, why is there? Or in a conference room, like discussing strategy, and there's yeah. mist on the floor. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I want to see X-Men. I missed those times. What's a series you want to see rebooted? Oh, none. Series rebooted. I I said before, I would like to see a movie rebooted. I would like to see them do an upgrade of Dune. Or I would like to see the movie Dune, or the, the book Dune, or the book's Dune, redone as a television show. How come every... Like Game of Thrones. Okay, so TV show, totally different, because TV medium... But that is a reboot. Is No, 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 no. I, I, no I, sorry. Let me... Let me. I, I didn't mean to oh. say totally different than what you oh. said. I'm saying that, like, the... Yeah, you got to clarify. Chances that, of... When you said movie... I was going to punch you. I was going to sit there and say the chances of that being good are still so slim. It's true. But TV show... If it's but rebooted they could do, as, I mean, ever since Lord of the Rings, if you know, people... If it's rebooted as a TV show, though... Yeah. You know, now, And those books... The problem is... Now we're kind of talking there. 
the issue with Dune, and, and, and we're even talking the original six books. Yeah. They, they get the quality of them becomes questionable after the third one. So, um, so even yeah, but you got that hindsight. You yeah, got that hindsight. I mean, if you're a TV show, see TV show. I just don't know how so many doors, no matter now. how sophisticated they are, would deal with a, a, an adaptation of Heretics of Dune. But um, but okay, yes. Yeah, never mind that. I'm just saying the the first three books, adapting the first three books into a television show. You, you, At that point, you've you never read that book. It's it's. I, I remember reading and going, I I, I got to finish this just because, <laughs> just yeah, because it's book six. Again, you know, book if five. If you are the creators of the show, I mean, even Game of Thrones is like that, right? Well, Game of Thrones Game ran of Thrones out of books, so obviously it can yeah, be done. Right? Exactly. It they can, can they can tweak it however they need to do it to make it good. Agreed. All right. What's what's something we want to deboot? Do you want to deboot? Let me ask you a question. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you another. I'll give you a show that okay, everybody laughs because everybody knows. I don't <laughs> necessarily think there's anything wrong with doing a new Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mm. um, as long as it's not a reboot and it's just a continuation of the story. Because I feel as if not, not neither it one be, works. It, it can no, no. It can be completely different characters. Yeah, but set in the universe. I think the one thing with Ghostbusters, which just flashed on the screen, <laughs> and we've talked about it, and we talked about it when it came out. Um, the reason Ghostbusters was such a flop was they were retelling the same story but putting four women in there rather than four men, making it a point to be like, look, it's female Ghostbusters. It's all those things you ever wanted. And then the I movie know, sucked, yeah. too. We argue, we argue about that. No, um, and then the movie sucked, yeah. too. You had four really funny people, and it wasn't funny. I honestly think the marketing wouldn't have mattered if the, if the movie was actually good. Yeah. So you're, you're oh, right. Oh, but that's my point. Right. But, um, but yeah, but there was... That movie was such, uh, such a number of, uh, for lack of a better description, just abortion like ideas, like just <laughs> <laughs> because it was a number of like it was you know you got this kind of hipster director who thinks that that he's you know the comments of Hassan Godwin yeah. over the radio do not reflect those of <laughs> its parent company talk radio although everything I say you say so you know that's you know we've, we've already signed that contract so everything <laughs> that comes out of my mouth happens to you so. I, I, I have no parent therefore company, so I'm okay yeah. <laughs> go ahead um, yeah, he's you know the, it, 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 the optics were all wrong on it. It's like this kind of hipster, douchey you know director looking guy, and he's coming out and he's talking about prior to the movie dropping and either doing well or not doing well. He's talking about all the things that people probably wanted to see that he like automatically threw out. He goes, "Well, I wasn't interested in seeing a reboot sure. of this. I wasn't interested. You know, I thought it was like these. You know, uh, you get these the, these hip, funny comedians." together and you just let them riff and we don't really even need a script and you know and he's saying all these things so they're just condemning his film right and and just a you know a number of other things you notice that um uh melissa mccarthy and Kristen wig these people never go on record about ghostbusters like they never have they've never said anything <laughs> prior to or since Kristen wig is kind of a recluse even though she's going to be the villain in the new wonder woman movie yeah so i'm very which excited is, about which that is, and, and i think she's great and i think i think her movies are are fantastic i think bridesmaids is a funny movie it's a genuinely funny movie yeah um she's in a uh, <laughs> she's in a deleted scene in uh in in forgetting sarah marshall 
that is yeah, absolutely brilliant, yeah. you know. And it's it's a shame that she got cut out of it. But anyway, it doesn't. It doesn't let it doesn't, me let me throw a show out at you. Or there. That's in the sci-fi Buffy, realm. Buffy in that in that in that realm. I understand what you're saying. I just I, I didn't even like the original. Yeah, so I, I, I really love the original. So yeah. so I definitely so I don't feel an attachment other. to it. But I mean, I think if you if you and supposedly the new Slayer is black and they're making a big deal about it. Which is fine. Which black. is awesome if they keep it in the continuity. There's no reason why there can't be, especially the way it ended. No, of course. The, the, the series ended that uh, any there's girl obviously gonna could be a reason because Joss, Joss Whedon is behind it, right? He's uh, it. he's attached, but he's not the driving force behind it. This is not a so series of course that was it's pitched. gonna be rebooted then, and it's gonna be a disaster because yeah. that is a very beloved series. And if you come and you start to to trample all over it, they will yeah. they will react. Let me let me throw a series out there, so and I got it, I got it that. flashing in my little slideshow um, where I'm not sure. On paper, I want to see this thing back because I was such a big fan. Mm. Uh, but I loved the ending, and I felt like it had a legitimate ending, and I felt like it ran its course. So I don't know if we need to do this. Quantum Leap. Yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> we got, we got the chorus. We got the chorus in the background. All right. Reasons to bring Quantum Leap back. A. It was awesome. Dean Stockwell and uh, and Scott Bakula were tremendous you could bring an old scott bacula back because technically speaking um the way the show ended sorry spoilers it ended in 1993 so hopefully at this point you're not like damn i really wanted to catch that no don't tell How me dare they don't tell me um you don't know he me. basically was set out in the in time forever uh, he made a sacrifice to uh, reunite Dean Stockwell, um, you know Al, uh, his best friend, with his wife. He went back in time and 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 dropped a little hint that they could still be together, and by doing so, gave up his only shot to go home. It's a great ending, perfect ending. As much as I would like to see this, there's rumors that it would be his daughter, because um, he does you know have a daughter in the continuity there. Uh, could maybe go back and try to find him, which I think would also be an awesome. Story, it's just so ripe with this could be so wrong. Like, at what point do we just let go of these series? At what point? When they end like that. I, when I, they end like Quantum Leap. Yeah. That, that gives you an ending that's a poetic ending, that's a, that's a meaningful ending. Mm-hmm. Then maybe you should end it. Ah. And you should leave it there. All right. We want to hear from you guys. Uh, chime in on the Facebook feed, facebook.com slash secrets of the sire. Even if this, you're listening to this on the podcast, you can go back to that page and you can drop some comments. We comment all week long uh, as we promote the heck out of these videos. When we come back, we're going to finish our summer spotlight on some comic book companies you need to know with Charon Comics. Can a man actually get up with any kind of macho manliness and say Twilight was a good film franchise and or movie? That's like the guy wearing the pink shirt, right? Like he, yeah. He feels completely confident. But in, men can <laughs> rock pink. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Sam, Sam the engineer is Sam. wearing pink right now. I just pulled a Hassan. <laughs> Secrets of the Sire. Oh, 
Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We talk comics, movies, TV, pop culture every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. In the middle of the sauna. Talkradio.nyc <laughs> and streaming live no. on Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. Before we go to our guest real quick, Sam, the producer, had a couple suggestions uh, for reboots. What was it? Akira? Akira. Akira live action, though, yeah. starring Scarlett Johansson. Yes. <laughs> yes. As Canada. Scarlett Johansson as Canada. That would be perfect. <laughs> perfect. Uh, what was it? Logan's Run? Logan's Run. And Gigantor. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a no prize Gigantor. to anyone who can chime in and Gigantor, say they know the legitimately what Gigantor robot is. At really? Your command. Right. Gigantor. This f- yeah, you lose. All right. All summer long, <laughs> which has felt pretty long it's yes, like 90 high, degrees like i said i almost did not wear pants tonight they were working uh, on, they were working on the outside of my building today and it, it, someone plugged into the wall unit um on the outside of the building and burned out my um my living room that it, it blew the it blew a fuse but me being a complete novice you know electrician you like like know nothing i'm like wow and the, the air conditioner just went <laughs> that's and, and it got instantly sauna airfic in that in that in that apartment. So you've just been you've been irritated this entire. I've been irritated. Well, I've been irritated since I was three. Irritated enough to, <laughs> but irritated enough to take time away from our guest who has joined us today, uh, Mr. Joshua Valerian. understand. And Frederick Packard from Charity. They understand Comics. the loss of an AC. How are you guys, hey guys. doing tonight? <laughs> <laughs> you have to, What's going on, everybody? You have to forgive my, my uh, no, co-hosts uh, no bitching and complaining bing, about the <laughs> heat. Uh, it's hot over here. Where are you guys Where are you guys coming from? They're in, like, Florida. San Diego, yeah. where it's not so hot. <laughs> it's, like, beautiful there all the time. So San Diego Comic-Con, then, was a, was a hometown show for you guys. It uh, sure was, and it was our first time actually exhibiting there. And how? what was your experience like? Uh, it was pretty incredible. Kind of when Josh and I actually walked around the floor about three years ago, when we were just starting out. Uh, it was kind of a, uh, a bucket list goal of ours to to get to San Diego Comic Con, and uh, with Source Point Press, we were able to achieve that within uh, within three years' time. So we're we're pretty ecstatic about that. What, what do you mean? Wait, you live there? Why was it the goal to get there? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so talk to us. That was my that was my first question. So when I met you guys, it was actually at the Source Point Press booth, but your chair in comics. Uh, what's the di- what's the distinction between the two? How are you guys uh, you know linked up together? Uh, the best way to kind of describe that um, is SourcePoint Press is the parent company, mm-hmm. and we're we're their partner company. So we're kind of more of a the role of the imprint, if you will. Sure. Um, everything that comes through Quran Comics, uh, and it's Quran Comics. <laughs> ah, Quran. Uh, ah, see, I was mispronounced. I'm going to butcher everyone's names. Uh, so. So everything that comes through us is uh, stuff that we usually do work for hire for, uh, universes that we're creating uh, and building out, where SourcePoint Press, they have some of that and a lot of creator-owned as well. Very cool. So give our audience um, an overview of some of the titles that you guys are releasing. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, coming up, uh, first thing I actually want to talk about is uh, Skyland. Uh, mainly because we have a Kickstarter coming out in, uh, it's actually September 7th is when we're starting a Kickstarter to print Skyland Issue 2. Very cool. Uh, we had Skyland Issue 1 out, and we printed that through Kickstarter as well, and that was successful. And we're pretty ecstatic with the quality, um, and 
how many we were able to bring, and we are able to bring them all to these Comic-Cons, uh, and we've been selling quite a bit. So, Challenge 2, uh, we have a, a different artist with uh, Kyle Petschoff, mm-hmm. who's doing a fantastic job. He's been helping us out tremendously with not only uh, the books, but uh, with the Kickstarter. And you'll, you'll definitely see a more mature-looking style. It's still in an animated series-type role. Sure. Uh, a little bit about the story. Uh, Skyland is a, a handmaiden to a princess. And they go on a journey to the floating city. It's in the center of a continent uh, surrounded by six nations. Uh, all of which have their own uh, dragon riders. So every 50 years, a new dragon rider from each nation is chosen. So we kind of continue off uh, right where the first issue left off uh, when they first arrive at the floating city. Very cool, very cool. Talk to me about Soul Survivor a second, too, because I know we're flashing that up on the screen, and yeah. I remember seeing that cover, and I was like, that's, that's a pretty <laughs> badass-looking cover. Yeah, Soul Survivor is uh, kind of our main series that we launched. Um, it's about the last surviving human uh, who's seeking revenge for the genocide of the human race. So it's basically one ga- uh, one guy uh, against an entire alien race, um, and he's out for vengeance. Think Punisher in space. Punisher meets Firefly. <laughs> That's uh, pretty good. For a comparison. Uh, Josh and I take uh, a lot of pride in that book. Um, it's It's not for... A younger audience is definitely for a mature audience, uh, as opposed to our Skyland series, which is kind of uh, for all ages. Sure, sure. The artwork kind of reflects that too. I mean, I think it's pretty, uh, pretty obvious which one uh, that's geared toward. Um, when you guys work on these books, I mean, are you co-plotting, co-scripting? Uh, you know, what's what's the what's the work process going into all these books? Yeah, everything's really done together. Uh, we we collaborate as much as possible. When we first started about three years ago. We really just wanted to, to write something new that we would just love. And uh, we, we took references from all the things that we currently have you know, loved in, in series, such as, like you said, Firefly. Um, we also both love Star Wars, Star Trek. And, but we wanted a little bit more of a gritty, um, original tale, something that uh, we could really put a lot of new characters and new dynamics into it. Mm-hmm. But um, we, we just write together very well. I, I, I say this often, that we're both, I think, uh, very good writers separately, but we are much better together. We are able to really bounce ideas off each other. Uh, if we dislike something that the other person said, we normally make a compromise that ends up being better <laughs> than the original. Over a few fist yeah, of, over a few fist fights first, right? <laughs> right. Of course. Uh, and then also in terms of like our, our process, uh, we'll start with a summary. Uh, so if we're, like, we're doing a series, we'll do a summary for the, the whole series, and then we break it down by issue, and then we take that issue summary we break it down into a script, and then from the script, we break it down into a panel script. We then handle the, hand that panel script off to the artist. Uh, for the co-survivor, it's Daniel Lopez. Uh, for Skyline, it's Kyle Petschok. Um, then they do their layouts uh, based off our panel scripts. Obviously, there's a lot of adjustments. Uh, there's a lot of changes that go from a panel script to actual layouts uh, for any creator. Um, then once the layouts are approved, then we go into pencils. 
then inking, coloring, uh, then we add the letters, and then uh, hopefully print and, print and ship. <laughs> so let me ask you a question, too. You guys mentioned you're doing a Kickstarter for issue two. Um, you know, I find this with a lot. We have our, our uh, the Alec Baldwin of our show, Mr. Pat Shand, uh, who's done a lot of different mm. stuff at a lot of different companies. But, you know, he built his own company essentially through Kickstarter. I mean, that's how he funds his books. Um, there's a lot of, lot of companies out there that are using the Kickstarter model before they actually go into distribution. I mean, is that the only, uh, is that the most viable way to get these things done? I mean, just from a cost perspective? Uh. I mean, in my opinion, it's, you don't want to overuse Kickstarter. Um, so, like, to have a whole co- like company based around Kickstarter, I, I don't necessarily, I'm not all for that. Um, but using it sparingly, um, I mean, Kickstarter is essentially one of the bigger markets for comic books uh, as a whole, so it would be, it'd be silly not to use it. Sure. Um, but I, I don't want to overdo it. Um, we try to launch maybe, like, max three to four Kickstarters a year. I mean, we've only done one Kickstarter pr- uh, previously to this, sure. and that was to launch the series. Um, but more so, we would use it for like a pre-order type thing or uh, to to help with print costs for, for if we're trying to launch a new series. Tell- for financing that we've done, uh, we, like, before we even go to Kickstarter, mm-hmm. uh, either 100% done or almost 100% done. Uh, we also have um, so, so, then, so wait, let me, let me interrupt for two seconds. How do you determine what you need to kickstart then? Are you trying to just recoup the costs you've already put in? Or is there like, you know, because Kickstarter for, for our audience out there who I'm sure most people are aware, it's all or none, right? You either, if you are looking to get five grand, you either get five grand or the money gets returned. Like, so how do you, how do you figure out the price point then? <clears throat> well, so, so for me, um, you price the books out. So we're planning to go through Diamond Distribution in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're really excited for that. And we know we know the ins and outs of, you know, what Diamond's Cut is, uh, you know, what to expect, hopefully, for a first print order. Um, so we base our, our printing quantities around that. And then from there, we know exactly what we need to do for our Kickstarter. Uh, what Josh is kind of getting at is we don't, like, a lot of Kickstarters will be like, hey, we need X amount to pay the artist, X amount for printing. Um, for us, we take care of all the art, uh, we take care of all the legwork in, in that respect, and all we have to do is raise funds for printing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kickstarter allows us to print a larger order, uh, which allows us to then fulfill for diamonds, uh, which will allow us to also have extra issues to take to convention. Sure. Um, and we'd like to do some special Kickstarter rewards uh, for those who back us, like variant covers, things like that. Um, for us, we print through Kraken Print, uh, which allows us to, you know, uh, do a lot of special things with our books um, at a great price as well. So, real quick, how do people find you online? Like, how do people support you? Um, I know you mentioned the Kickstarter, so give our audience the means to help support you guys because uh, it's really cool. It's always exciting to see up and coming publishers like yourself and and see where you guys are going. Actually, I'll do you guys one better really quick. Um, we actually have a nice little giveaway. Uh, Ooh, for you if you're interested. contest! Um, Let's do it. We have. We have two weekend passes for Long Beach Comic Con uh, that we're going to give away to one lucky winner, or we can do two lucky winners. Um, Basically, if anybody goes to our website, which is Karan Comics, so Mm C-H-A-R-O-N-C-O-M-I-C-S dot com, uh, and signs up for our email list uh, today, or or, excuse me, we'll do it till uh, we'll say Monday, uh, so that way everybody can get in for the holiday. Um, whoever signs up for emailing list, we will select uh, two lucky winners um, 
or just one, depending on if you have two people. We'll, we'll take a look uh, and see uh, see what we get for submissions. But we'll give you guys a weekend pass to Long Beach Comic Con. Look at you guys go. I love it. I absolutely love it. All right, go check them out online. Go to their website. Like I said, Karan Comics. Uh, dot com. I was going to pronounce Skyland, Shyland too, but that's okay. Um, go to Facebook.com slash Quran Comics. Uh, their Instagram is at Quran underscore comics. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Good luck. Go to the website and go check out and get a free uh, Pass to Long Beach, which is an awesome show, by the way. Thanks, man. Thanks for having us. Much. All right. When we come back, we go spinning the racks. Alec Baldwin, what are you doing, my man? What are you doing when we come back? Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. I want to thank our guests, Josh and Frederick, from Quran Comics. See, I, I knew I was going to butcher it. That's, anyone who comes on this show needs to know that I'm going to butcher their names. Either their actual names, which I probably butchered Josh's last name, but, you know, he didn't. He was, yeah, at that point, he's like, at that point, what am I going to do? You already butchered my comic book company name. I might as well just let the last name slide. So when is it right for me to suggest to you that you get in touch with the guests prior to going on the air to straighten well, their names out? Well, I did, out? but, you know, I leave it up to them to tell me uh, how to pronounce their stuff. I'm the media Maybe superstar. they assume you can. <laughs> That's the, and then when you read you know, it all, You know what happens like when you assume. You make yeah, an ass out of you oh boy. and me. It's Bing. your show. But you, you do what you want. Uh. All right. We do this every week. We go spinning the rack. Bringing you the most fantastical pop culture news out there. I got to get a, a little animation for that too. I'll, I'll no, get that. No, I'll get that. We, I'm going to get that fine. up next. We're All right. Good, we're good how we are. I was going to start with Ant Man, but I'm going to actually move over to <laughs> Alec Baldwin uh, because it happened literally so fast I didn't even get a chance to change the graphic. Uh, originally, I was going to say Alec Baldwin joins the Joker movie as Bruce Wayne's dad. And Whoa, we get to see Bruce Wayne's dad get killed again. Uh, right, and I was gonna <laughs> and I was gonna reference Hollywood Reporter for reporting uh, that it will be off center from the traditional Batman canon. Uh, the script paints Thomas Wayne. Now, here's the thing, right? Sources say, and this is what ended up happening. Sources say the script paints Thomas Wayne as a cheesy and tanned businessman who is more in the mold of 1980s Donald Trump. Well, Joaquin Phoenix stars as the uh, titular villain in Warner Brothers films, while Todd Phillips will direct and. Alec Baldwin went on record saying, no, it's not going to be a Trump person. And then as of literally a few hours ago, as I'm waiting uh, for you to show up and, and, and for, our, for our weekly pre-production meal, uh, Alec Baldwin drops out of the Joker movie. <laughs> so, so there goes my so graphic. we're not going to get to see Thomas Wayne get killed again. No, we will not. <laughs> Just two days after it was announced that it's Alec Baldwin would be playing Batman's father, uh, he revealed he's exited from the project. So this is from oh, page DC. six of the New York Post. Um, again, he had gone on record as saying uh, this was not a Trump uh, lookalike. Uh, obviously, he's very famous right now for playing Donald Trump mm -hmm. on SNL. Um, he cited scheduling issues, which two days ago he didn't have. Well, yeah, but then, you know, this, this trouble started, and he rescheduled something, and suddenly there was an issue. Yeah, you know, his, his, <laughs> um, 
Variety confirmed the news on Wednesday after the actor told USA Today he'd be dropping out. I'm no longer doing that movie. I'm sure there are 25 guys who can play that part. Told Warner Bros. to kick a rock. I just like, I like, no, I like Warner Bros. just can't get it together. They can't cut a break, you know? Like, well, uh, yeah. And all this stuff, like, the problem with their, their product is they just refuse to earn anything. Yeah. They refuse to build up to anything. They just want to drop interesting movie after interesting movie and see what sticks to the wall. Yeah. And you can't. I mean, it doesn't work. Obviously, obviously, these days it's all about franchise and branding, you know, and 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 uh, brand integrity. So, as Marvel or DC, I mean, you know, well, mostly Marvel because yeah. Disney's got its issues with it. Sure. But as Marvel has discovered the the formula of like, yeah, if it's a Marvel brand, it means it's automatically good, which is what they've managed to convince everybody. Even though you know some of their stuff is, you know. <laughs> there's a there's a Thor too in in there every now and then, um, but they've meant they built their brand. They took the they took the ten years that sure. decade it took to build their brand. Sure. Out. And DC just I mean Warner was just wants to just keep throwing well, movies. Okay, at so it. here's the thing, right? We're saying Warner Brothers always kind of can't catch a break, and Marvel is is kind of free from this. Well. Uh, on guard, Guardians Three suspended indefinitely following the James Gunn. Yeah, but this is their fire. first serious hiccup. It is know? right, and um, the brakes are pumped. The production is being put on hold for the time being, as Marvel and DC just not un- unusual. The 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 idea is if we don't have if we don't if we don't give you a release date, yeah. we can't miss our release date. But it's not just that. The sources say crew members. Uh, which is at this stage a small group that was prepping for pre-production are being dismissed and are free to look for new yeah, work. Yeah, because they have to, one, they have to work. One uh, person characterized the production hold as temporary and more of a regrouping. Um, the but timeline has been pushed out. In, in Hollywood, this happens all the time when you're looking for a new director. You ne- you're, you're literally looking for a new general for your army. So you can't keep your army marching if you don't have a general. Yeah. So that's the, that's the theory behind it. It's not as big a deal as they, they're making it out to be. And that you know that the, the 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 ship is sinking. So let me ask you a question too. With this with this James Gunn uh, firing because of the controversial tweets that he did, mm. um, is there a moratorium? Like Louis C.K. just showed up at Comedy Cellar in New York City mm-hmm. this past weekend and just did a surprise comedy show, and mm-hmm. it's basically been a year mm-hmm. since he got kind of ousted. Thanks. To yeah, the but there's a lot movement. of backlash to that though as well. There is. There is, so but I'm just saying. Who's to see, we have to see how that plays out before we could consider that like a successful comeback. No, no, no. I'm not calling the comeback. Uh, what I'm saying is he waited a year. Is there? Do you think Marvel is just simply saying, you know what? Let's let's just put this on Marvel, ice for Marvel's a little bit. Marvel stuck because um, mostly because mainly because of Roseanne. If they're going to kill off Roseanne's character sure. and then have the the Roseanne show go on without her because of a tweet, right? Then you can't turn around and rehire James Gunn, right? Because of his tweeting, right? So they're stuck. We're not going to be able to come back. They're kind of, they're kind of, yeah, they're rock hard place. Them. I mean, look, they shouldn't have fired him that quickly. They they should have tried to use their PR <sighs> PR team to try to at least investigate. I, I, no, but I disagree. You just used the perfect example. Roseanne was literally fired. Roseanne within, was immediate. It, six it was, hours. It was of immediately her. egregious, and she sent it out. Contemporarily, yeah, you know, um, that's true. I, I agree. James, that does play, this is that stuff does play that they dug up yes, from yes, James, yes. you know, and so they no, they they put it on hold. They do everything they're doing now, but they investigate before and they find out exactly what the political fallout of firing him would also be. Yeah, and then they you know they act accordingly. Most likely, nine times out of ten, 
99% of the time, he would have been fired anyway. Yeah. I mean, they were just going to have to fire him anyway. They're, it, the, the, you know, they cannot taint the brand. You know, <laughs> you can't have the brand tainted. So, um, it was, it was, it was inevitable. It's not cool. Yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, it stinks. There's some great taint jokes that I'm just, I'm just thinking about. But yeah, I know. I know. And I don't think, like, I don't think that gets a bing here either. I think that, I think that. Because it's not deserved, man. It's it's not even hard work for you. Last on the list tonight, Ant-Man and Wasp leads global box office. I like office. that you didn't have any insight to add to that other than a taint joke. <laughs> Which is why I even wonder why I bother to formulate a thought. So that I don't have to. Mm. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. Yeah, well, I mean... <laughs> it taint a lot of work to uh, <laughs> to get you to do it all for me. <laughs> Disney and Marvel's Ant-Man and Wasp returned to dominate the worldwide box office. The superhero tentpole generated $68 million when it opened in China, marking the fourth highest debut for a Marvel film in the Middle Kingdom. Is that what it's called? The Middle Kingdom? All right. This is courtesy of, of Hollywood Reporter. So I basically subscribe to their newsletter, and so they just send me news stories now. So everything going forward is going to be a I'm quote so from Hollywood Reporter. I'm so done talking to you right it's now. Be, it's going to be extremely exciting. <laughs> you finished the show out. Uh, to date, Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly's sequel has generated a massive $544 million globally, including $333 million overseas and $212 in North America, and he has yet to open in Japan. Uh, Warner Brothers' The Meg is chewing off sizable numbers of its own, crossing the 400 million worldwide. What did you think of the Meg? Real, real quick, we got like Meg. two minutes. Because you told me you saw it. I never told you that. Well, did you see it? Yeah. How was it? It was good. <laughs> <laughs> Stunning revelation. It was a monster movie. It was. There wasn't enough kills in it, but it was. It was good. Stunning revelation. It's bigger than uh, um, than Solo. Made more money than Solo. It beat uh, Solo. Well, everything's beating Solo right yeah, now. Yeah, but I mean, that's the Meg. Come on, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> Just be the Star Wars film. That's significant. What's the significance of the Meg? Like, what? Because it, it's a megalodon. Is that yes, what it is? Megalodon. It's not a Family Guy reference. No, no. Because it'd be really cool if it was, right? Like, how great this, would it be? This, you're doing this again. How great would it you're, be? You're doing this. Again. No, I'm dead serious. Like, you're, you think I'm you're actually pissing like pissing all over? But a you think I'm manufacturing this? This is a le- these are legitimate. I know, this is how your brain works. This is right. This is this the is tragedy. Exactly what this I, is the tragedy of Michael Dolce. This is. <laughs> It's all the visuals. There, there's there's no not substance. much of a difference between tragedy and comedy. There's no substance. Right? Isn't that like a Shakespeare I'm, quote? I'm not with you anymore. We're not together on Maybe this. Maybe it's not. All right. <laughs> I want to thank our guests from Karan Comics, uh, Joshua <laughs> Valeri and uh, Frederick Packard. Uh, we wish them nothing but the best. That was our Summer Spotlight series, uh, which I think everyone is pretty excited about. I think it went over pretty well. Go check out at all of our previous episodes. Uh, we're on iTunes slash Secrets of the Sire. Uh, we're on iHeartRadio, all that fun stuff. Next week, we welcome Rich Hanley uh, from Sequart. Uh, they are releasing the Planet of the Apes book, analyzing the movies, TV shows, and novels. And he's also the, so he's the editor on that book. He's also the editor on the 90s comic anthology for X-Men, which, again, let's reboot this sucker. Come on. Planet of the Apes already got a reboot. 90s X-Men. Come on. Do it. Do it. Do it. Good night. <laughs> We'll see you guys I next week. I don't week. want to talk anymore. <laughs>